Elena's face. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Malcast episode number 28 tonight. Um, you know, today's been kind of a, a stressful day in the news. If you've been watching the, if you're watching the stock market, if you're watching international news. So we want to take things a little bit easier tonight and uh, talk about pets, you know, pandemic pets and uh, what it takes to really be a good pet owner. So with us tonight, we have Jessica Redman. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. And uh, Patrick, unfortunately, couldn't make it tonight because he may or may not have sliced his thumb off this past weekend. So he is currently recovering. However, we did bring on an expert who appears to barely be with us. Um, Reggie, would you... Oh, there, he's he's perking up. Would you like to introduce yourself? Thank you. That is a a wonderful introduction. Um, I'm happy to have you on the show. Also, my fiance is going to be uh, joining us periodically tonight. She's right there behind Darth Vader. And uh, my cats may also make an appearance. Um, so, all right, I'm back. <laughs> all right, Patrick. Patrick, where did you come from? Where's your thumb? It's just Reggie. He tapped me in. He said that he said that I've been trained enough to to be able to do to to do today's podcast. Oh, he's on the move now. Oh, good. He's on the move. Well, I'm glad that he uh, that he joined us while he could. I know yes. he, he's a very busy feline. He's he's keeping track of what I'm talking about here. I can't really adjust the camera so that he's in it too, but. He is literally right next to me. So nice. I'm gonna just do this. So before we get started tonight, um, Patrick has requested to make an announcement. I don't know what the announcement is, so Godspeed. Yeah, absolutely. So um, this week you'll you will all be seeing two different pieces of content come out as part of our monthly uh, card opening uh, stuff. One that has me and my wife, and the one that has me and a special guest. We will be opening cards. However, we have recently sold a significant number of cards that we have opened. Um, we recorded these these all last week. And last week we sold, and we have bought several booster boxes of Pokemon cards with all of that money. Oh, so my goodness. We will be opening these. I'm terrified that you have bought those. It, it was not... Uh, it was a joint effort. Um and uh, so we will be opening those to celebrate um, the end of draft modes. So that this video with the chilling rain, three boxes of chilling rain, will be going up same week as the draft mode finale, which also happens to be in July. Um, and that will be the celebration of the end of that and transition from Yu-Gi-Oh draft mode, where we'll be taking then we'll take a few weeks break, and then we'll be starting a Pokemon draft mode. Details to come. Uh, but it'll just be kind of a season two kind of thing. So just wanted to make that announcement for all of our, all of our fans out there. You guys will be in for a treat. There's a lot of cards in there. That's 36 per pack. So over a hundred packs that we'll be able to go through. Jessica, you are a saint for putting up with this. She said that she would rather do Pokemon than Yu-Gi-Oh! So I said, okay, I'll buy three pack, three boxes of that then. That's I fair. I said I actually know some Pokemon. I don't know what the heck Yu-Gi-Oh! is. Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. is an unbelievably complicated game, and I cannot blame you. I tried to teach Alina how to play Yu-Gi-Oh! when we first started dating. That's how I knew she was really, you know, into me. <laughs> what, that she stayed around after that? That she stayed around and actually got to the point where she could play the game, kind of, sort of. I see. I see. I see do that, it, I do appreciate you acknowledging that I'm a saint for being married to Patrick. So that itself is true. Yeah, um, it, that that's a lot of self control. I was gonna say though that that also exhibits my deep felt non platonic love for Mike that I was able that I was willing to go to a, a Yu Gi Oh tournament with him, get a get a, a lunch date, and then meet all of his friends as his as his new boyfriend. So I was really excited about that. Yeah. Um, For those of you who don't know, Patrick went to his first competitive Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! event a few weeks back, and uh, he won exactly one duel. So. And I won one game through forfeit because they're just so scared of me. <laughs> so. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, let's uh, let's move on to what we're supposed to be talking yeah. about. Yeah. So before we get started tonight, um, put your questions, comments, what have you, gripes into the chats. Both we are live on both Twitch and YouTube. So. Um, I'll be checking both chats and we'll be answering questions throughout. If you like this content, like, share, subscribe. It's a huge help, especially sharing. And, uh, again, we are only one follower away from being, uh, an affiliate on Twitch. So if you have not followed, please give us a uh, quick little follow. So Jess, tonight's topic was your idea. So why don't you, uh, get us started? Yeah, well, um, my idea was, I mean, basically we all have pets and if you don't 
already know, Patrick and I have two cats. We have Reggie, the big guy who we saw earlier, but we also have a little kitten, Jax, who's asleep by Patrick's feet right now. Um, and then James and they have Milo and Boomer, both beautiful kitty cats. Yes. Um, so anyway, so I feel like we're all pretty much experts on the topic. And also, I know with the pandemic and everything that there have been a there's been a pretty big increase in adoption of pets or purchase of pets. Um, obviously, because people are home more, they need something to do. They need a little buddy to talk to. And so it's just kind of interesting to think about what the future will be um, with, you know, are people really going to now that the pandemic is finally opening back up and everything, are people really going to keep up with these pets and put in the work? and have to kind of figure out what to do while they're back at work um, and have a pet at home? Uh, or are we going to see an increase of pets going back to the shelter, um, which please do not do. But yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so I just thought that would be a, something that we could maybe start with is just like, why Why do you guys even think that? So uh, I, I agree. And I have actually pulled some data, Jess, uh, for you. Um, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen now, but there has been some interesting data coming forth regarding uh, uh, pet owners. You guys, you guys can see this. Uh, let me pull it up real quick. I got you. I can Give see it. Some. You can. So yes. we are live. Jess, you can see here. Uh, you know, there seems to be a relatively constant downward trajectory up until about. Uh, March, March to to May, I would say, I guess, right here, where it it's went down and then shot right back up, and now we're we're up to, you know, now we're up to this, and this is this is based on vet statistics, so this is not full adoption statistics, so we're probably missing a, a significant amount of of data here regarding just you know walking into a PetSmart and stuff, but these are these are pets and pet owners that are registered per practice per week. Okay, just to put that into perspective. So Jess, what are we what, what are we looking at here? We're seeing this big spike. What do you think is necessarily driving this spike? Well, obviously, like I said, kind of, I think really just COVID and the lack of getting to socialize and see people that one, everyone's just sitting at home um, and, you know, watching movies or something that have pets in them and thinking like, oh, well, I'm home and it's very quiet and I can use something to keep my ki kid busy or something. And I'm sure the kids are dying for a pet anyways. So um, probably just that loneliness aspect that really pushed people to adopt pets. Um, it's also something they could do during the pandemic, despite everything being closed, is they could still get a pet. Uh, it's something that keeps the kids busy because it gives them some responsibilities that they have to work on and something to play with. It's also just something cute and, uh, pers I mean, pets have been proven to kind of lower anxiety and stress, which obviously COVID was a very stressful time for a lot of people. So I think there's a lot of factors, but they all kind of come back to that COVID pandemic where, I mean, I've talked to multiple shelters and they're like, yeah, we've had trouble even keeping pets in the store because it's just been so crazy. And even, I mean, even a couple days before we got Jax, Patrick and I went to PetSmart and we're... You know, look, we'd always check out their cats whenever we went, and it seemed like every time we went, they were already out because they're like, yeah, they come in and then they're gone instantly. So, yeah, we were, uh, we actually had gone to a couple of different pet smarts, and you know, we, we would go in and there'd be a couple cats there, but they had already been adopted. And we were only looking for a cat because, uh, we have a small apartment and we already have another cat, and we we're thinking like they can play. There's a bunch of factors that went into it. Uh, but interestingly enough, we actually saw a rise of roughly about five percentage points of uh, the uh, the percentage of pets that were brought into shelters. Um, wait, hold on. I, go back to what you're saying, because I'm a little confused at the grammar here. I'm just going to read to you what this says here. So it says the table, um, so there's another table that, that I'm looking at here. The table shows that the rate of pet adoptions, adoptions as a percentage of animals taken into shelters, had in fact risen, okay, had in fact risen in 2020 to 59.19% compared with 54.64% in 2019. So I was right with my first, the grammar's a little bit funky here, but roughly about a five point uh, rise 
percentage point rise from 2019 to 2020 uh, in the sense of how many pets are being adopted from shelters as well, um, in addition to what we were looking at earlier with, with the practices. So we're seeing a pretty large jump in the number of pets that are being adopted. And I think that you're absolutely right. And it comes down to socialization. I mean, humans are social and political animals. We need to be able to communicate with each other. We need to have some kind of physical interaction is very important for us. We are not made for the internet. We are not made for this online kind of interaction. And I think that having a little furry buddy is is definitely very helpful. I know it's helping me uh, being stuck at home right now. So well, I don't know what helped you. I was going to say, yeah, just imagine the people who are, you know, in the big cities that were locked down for longer than the rest of us uh, here in the Midwest. And, you know, they can't they can't leave their tiny 600 square foot apartment. They need some sort of socialization. Um, So it, you know, it comes down to getting getting a pet. And what scares me is the possibility. And we've seen this happening. Some of people going, okay lockdowns are done. I'm going out. I don't have time to take care of this pet because I'm not working from home. I don't want to be at home. I want to be out. And so they, you know, either give the pet away, you know, best case scenario, they give it away or take it to a shelter. Worst case scenario, they just dump it. Yeah. And that's and- how we ended up with, uh, with Reggie actually is, um, he's a, we're pretty sure so these are both of our cats are rescues. Uh, cause we like to deal with rescue specifically just because if we're looking for a cat, might as well give it to a cat that's looking for a home, right? Right. Um, but we're pretty sure Re- uh, Reggie's a Maine Coon, and he's somewhere between the age of one and a half years to four years old. We think it's more on the one and a half year old, because when we first got him, he was about yay big, I want to say. And now he's about yay big. He's huge. Um, so he's grown quite a bit. So he, that's why I think he's a little bit on the younger side. But he's been declawed by someone that wasn't us. I do not support declawing. I think it's it's inhumane for the cats. Uh, if you don't want the cats to scratch your furniture, get new furniture, or don't get a cat in the first place. That you're going to do that. That is part of their nature. Or right? there's also actually plastic tips you can put on their claws so they. Oh, don't... I, didn't I mean, know I, still don't, I, I personally don't like that even. I think that that's like you know putting mittens on kids because they won't stop playing in the mud. It's like it's I'm what... just saying, there's other options besides. Yeah. Yes, there are, there are other options. Uh, but, um, you know, anyway, so he was found in the middle of a cornfield declawed. Like, how is this cat going to catch food if you declaw it? Like, it's not going to happen. So he was like this thin. Now he's like, you know, big fat baked potato because we (laughs) we feed him too much. But, um, you know, it's, it definitely is a worry that I have as well. I mean, because you see around Christmas time, you know, pets are given as Christmas gifts. And then not only is that really bad for the pet, for obvious reasons that people can come up with, but there's a lot of fluctuation around Christmas time. People are, are home more often than they would be normally. So the pet gets, you know, acclimated to this more personable care from all these people being home. And then they're all gone or relatives are coming over and there's all these people and then they're all gone. So it really throws a wrench in the cat and the cat or the dog for the most part, usually is what we're talking about here. Um, and it, it can really stress them out and cause lots of long-term problems if you have an unstable foundation for these animals. So I definitely could see that happening roughly around the same time for the same reasons. But I would hope that it wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people that just aren't... I mean, there are some people who just aren't meant to be pet owners because it does take a lot more work than you think. Um, I keep telling everyone, especially recently, uh, we've had some like medical things with Reggie, and because of that, like last night, I had to get up every two hours to check on him. And so it's like, it is sort of like having a kid and people don't always realize or think about when they get a pet, they think about, oh, the warm fuzzies, they're going to be so cute and they're just going to sleep all day and it's going to be great. But yeah. it's like, no, they have energy. They need to be fed. They, there's some gross parts to pets they have to deal with, like a litter box for a cat or, you know, if they do have a medical issue, they can be expensive if they do have lots of medical problems. And there's also those factors that people don't think about. Not just this material things. You have to, the the pets are going to respond to you in the way that you respond to them. Like, there's a, that boomer? Yeah. This is a chunky boy. (laughs) (laughs) They are creatures of habit, too. So you do need to set up that daily routine and you need to create that untrustful environment for them. Um, which is a lot, again, a lot harder than it, because they pick up on whether you're stressed, and they pick up on all the little changes that were like, oh, yeah, you know, we changed our routine, and they're like, oh, my gosh, you changed my routine. So, I know yeah. I, I was actually moving in here um, 
Reggie was just all, he was super stressed because there's so many, and we were moving in, we had all the wedding gifts and everything like that. And there's just stuff everywhere and things were constantly being moved around and Reggie was just not happy whatsoever. Alina's not fully on the screen, just as an FYI. She knows. <laughs> but, um, but, oh, sorry. Uh, hopefully YouTube doesn't get us in trouble because you saw my thumb there. Um, but it was really stressful for Reggie because there's so much in flux. You know, think about how stressed you get, you know, to the audience when something's happening that, you know, you're uncertain about. Think about with the cats that don't understand what's going on or dogs for that matter. I think dogs actually get more stressed out than cats do with a lot of this kind of stuff. Well, yeah, that happened when uh, Milo and Boomer first moved in here because they were used to, so they lived on the farm for a while. Um, but tip, for the last few years, they were at the dorms and it's a very small dorm. So they're used to a confined space. There's not a whole lot. And more importantly, they're used to it. They came here. You, you know, it's, you know, one giant room down here on the first floor. So it was, they were very intimidated and Milo constantly had it un, hid under the chair, which is extremely dangerous the way that people tend to come in and just plop down on that chair. And then, you know, Boomer was also running around hiding and, you know, this, they're just trying to avoid people in general. Um, and they did warm up pretty quickly, but yeah, there's definitely that aspect and, yeah. you know, to touch on, you know, Jesse mentioned them being expensive. They can absolutely be expensive because this little guy just had to have surgery on uh, last Monday. And uh, that was over $1,000. So to get uh, six teeth removed. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. You were telling me about that. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it, in addition to, you know, we're talking about, like, the negatives here. We're talking about, you know, the cost of, of owning a pet. There are a lot of benefits, which is why so many people do it, right? Um, so this is just generic you know you can ask any health provider this is what they'll tell you uh pet owners are less likely to suffer from depression than those without pets just i mean this comes from the socialization part people with pets actually have lower blood pressure than those without pets um so people that have borderline hypertension which is high blood pressure if they get dogs or or cats from a shelter their blood pressure will drop within half of a year to to a more acceptable level okay also and this is not just you know regulated to dogs and cats we see these effects depending on how personable you are with the animal like with a cat that you sit with all the time you're going to have a greater effect than with fish but you still see lower blood pressure in people that own fish apparently just watching the fish and feeding them lowers your blood pressure which i thought was insane when i was doing research for this i, I did research for this a, a while ago because i was doing a presentation on animals um so also playing obviously playing with any of these pets can create elevated uh, levels of serotonin elevated levels of dopamine um all of these different kinds of, of essentially happiness chemicals um you also will tend to have lower levels of cholesterol and tri uh, triglyceride um and less uh proclivity for heart disease and you know that can come from a variety of factors from reduction of stress from owning a ca an animal and be able to pet it like just petting a cat or a dog uh, reduces stress levels and you can also figure in oh well i'm a little bit more active because at the bare minimum i have to go get up and feed them but a lot of times you'll sit there and play with them and like run around and do all kinds of crazy things like a kid you know um if you had already had a heart attack you actually will be more likely to survive longer if you have a pet than those without. Uh, pet owners over the age of 65 tend to have 30% fewer visits to their doctors that, than those without pets. It is effectively healthcare to own a uh, to own an animal. Okay, and and then this is not just regulated to just straight physical health needs. We can also look at social health, right? Your ability to interact with other people. There's a maximum security prison in Indiana that has partnered mm. with a local i've told the story multiple times i love i, I love this story though it's a great it's a really really great story of success of public policy um but there's a there there's a uh maximum security prison in indiana that has partnered with an animal shelter and what they do is they actually set up adoptions for the inmates there so you have like you know murderers rapists whatever um in there that are getting set up with these animals and they see recidivism just drop they see uh, inmate violence drop, good behavior skyrocket because these inmates now have something to do and, and, and something to live for and something to live for outside of the prison. Now, like they want to, you know, if they do something bad, 
then they get their animal taken away. Mm-hmm. You know, their one creature comfort that they have there taken away. And it's so cute because there's a bunch of pictures that are uh, related to this. And it's just these giant dudes playing with this tiny little kitten. And it's just like, oh, well, this is, this is a, uh, you know, killer over here. And he just loves this mouse, you know, <laughs> like it's the cutest thing. And there's actually been one case of inmate murder, I believe, since it happened. And what happened was one inmate spit on another inmate's cat and was found dead the next day. Mm-hmm. So, so like they take this very seriously, and obviously, you know, they screen the 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 inmates to make sure that they don't have you know a, a history of animal violence right. or anything like that. Right? They're they're being smart about it, but seeing the effects of this kind of rehabilitation on these these inmates, it's it's just wonderful to see how these animals the animals are more effective than education in making sure that these people don't actually uh, recommit. So I just thought that was amazing to me. Well, because yeah. yeah, it just it gives them something to live for, like you like like you said. And a side note that I was I was thinking about while you were talking was what is it with with humans and wanting to pet everything? It's true. Because like if I'm I holding natural a- caretakers, every person I think is a natural caretaker, a natural natural steward of nature, and I think that's why we hate people who like litter abuse animals so much is because they are intently going against their nature mm-hmm. but i mean i mean if i hold a human baby i'm like i don't know what i'm supposed to do with this am i supposed to pet it and i'm just like all right get it out of here but then you have a kitten you're like what? you know so and, and i think i think that actually um translates to the last thing that i want to talk about which is kind of like your your spiritual uh philosophical health mm-hmm. is because owning an animal you have to take responsibility for it in a lot of ways Every single pet you own is pretty much entirely dependent upon you. You know, I can't just throw Reggie out there. He's going to die. You know, same thing with Jax. Jax might have a better survival rate because he has his front claws still. But he's, you know, 12 months old. He's not going to last very long, statistically speaking. Um, so they're, they're dependent on you. And you have to step up to the plate. You know, you might not think before you have a pet that you're willing to stay up and wake up every two hours to check on his urine. You know, but you're going to do that right you, you grow as a person you you grow in the virtues you become better i personally like interacting with people who have either owned pets in the past or currently own pets because they seem to be more well put together they have a better sense of responsibility they understand that sometimes you have to sacrifice and not necessarily get all of that back you know you have to put yourself out there you have to be more generous you know, and I and grateful as well for for what attention you can get from your animals. So I definitely so think it's really good. It helps you grow as a person because because that pet needs a daily routine, and that means that you have to get into a daily routine, which is really healthy to have. Um, and it also, you know, like the reason there's anxiety animals is because some people kind of lose their sense of purpose. But at least the one thing they know they have to do today, they have to get out of bed because they have to feed their cat or they have to pet their cat. You know, and at some point. Love them too. Like they will exhibit love in a way that some some of yeah. these people that might not be able to recognize from humans, but they will recognize it from their animal. Yeah, and they get that like that unconditional love where you know all you're doing is the basic bare minimum things for this animal. Theoretically, obviously you can do more, um, but it's still going to love you like with all its heart, um, no matter what. And so it's like that kind of sense of automatic reward too which we're very much an immediate gratification society, and you kind of get that from an animal as well. Um, and so that's a big part of it, too, um, as well. Because that's kind of when I got Reggie, technically, yeah. When I got Reggie, it was like right after the pandemic. I just graduated college, and I was trying to find a job. Obviously, it wasn't going well because it was during the pandemic. And so it's like I had no reason to like have to get up early in the morning because I could just sleep until 2 p.m., like, for all I care and so that getting that getting ready kind of gave me that sense of purpose back and i had to check on him and play with him and it's like i had this new renewed purpose which i then think motivated me to apply for more jobs and you know motivated me with my part-time jobs that i had at the time and that kind of thing and so there's a lot of that going on as well my perspective i definitely noticed a change in jess's behavior uh there's less frantic calls about i don't know what i'm doing with my life there's less things are going you know it was just generally you know a more positive outlook because there's something that that you had to do you know and and someone that you're responsible for and i think this gets back to just general philosophical notions i mean jordan peterson one of the greatest minds of our times and one of the best um psychologics 
uh, psychiatrist, you know, psych psychologist kind of people out there. Um, he says that in order to find, you know, purpose and be a happier person, find the uh, heaviest thing you can carry and carry it. And effectively, at that point in time, Jess, the heaviest thing for her was taking care of Reggie, taking responsibility for it. And, and you know, that grows now. She's taking care of me. Uh, so, but, but, and also another thing is uh, that Peterson says in his, um, his really good book, I highly recommend people, people pick it up, uh, 12 Rules for Life, is you're more inclined to care for other people than you are to care for yourself. Because, you know, if a friend comes to you, like, I mean, think about, you know, just generally speaking, if a friend comes to you and is like, hey, I'm dealing with this problem, you're, you're instantly there. You're like, okay, here's what you need to do. I'm here for you. I'll help you out along the way. Jessica just seems to have dropped. Uh, <laughs> well, it must be your uh, internet. You're, you're next. Yeah, it's definitely the internet connection. Um, but yeah, no, so like, I'm here for you. You know, I'll help you out. You're very, very generous, very consoling. Whereas when you're talking to yourself, you're like, you're an idiot. You're terrible. You're always terrible. Everyone's going to hate you. All that kind of stuff. But when you're caring for an animal, and, and like, this goes back to what Jess was saying, when you've set up a routine for that animal, you're also setting up a routine for yourself. So you're kind of tricking yourself into taking care of yourself in such a way that makes you a better person as well. Yeah, plus it helps with the socialization aspect. Like, I've gotten really close to a lot of my coworkers um, lately because we do have, we all have cats. And actually one of my, one of Jack's is actually a rescue from one of my coworkers. And yeah. so, like, I obviously have more of an excuse to talk to her because I'll send her pictures of Jack's and be like, oh yeah, he's doing really well. Oh look, he loves his brother or whatever. Um, and so it's also, especially since more people are getting pets now, it's that conversation starter. And of course it automatically makes you happy. And so you associate that person with like that happiness and that happy conversation. And so you automatically start that friendship off on a good spot too. And of course it's always fun to share like the funny stories of like, oh, you won't believe what my cat did today. And, um, and it, it just kind of like automatically lightens that mood, starts that conversation, makes new friends. It gives you a reason to like Snapchat or whatever back and forth. Um, and then eventually you can build on that relationship. In a lot of ways. I will say that having that having the two cats around has done wonders for and for me for my patients because yeah. they like to you know we brought Elena brought this beautiful bouquet of flowers home yesterday she got from her grandmother's garden and they were blue had nice big leaves on each side and within five to ten minutes of her placing them on the table there were bite marks in the leaves and they had torn part of the part of the uh the flowers out and then you know friday i came home from the no, saturday i came home from the gym i sat my uh, wireless headphones down and then milo jumped up on my desk looked at me looked at the headphones looked at me and just <laughs> headphones went flying and i'm like you know normally that's that sort of thing would annoy me but you know with these guys you you really you know you you learn to be patient because you love them and also you can't really communicate too well with them other than <laughs> yeah. like hey don't do that like what <laughs> You know. Like you can always say, "Don't do that." So many times, they have no idea what's happening. Yeah. They, they most likely don't really understand. Which is why but, I constantly find them on top of the fridge. Yeah, and and I mean another thing with the pets is it's kind of like sports in a way, in the sense that it unites people across, you know, every cleavage in society. You know, everybody had an opinion about sports when sports was apolitical and also just didn't really, you know, it, and still happened for the most part, right? Yeah, pets are not political. You know, pets are not. Uh, an obtrusive topic to discuss. Everyone can talk about pets. Everyone has a favorite type of pet. You can, you know, you have dog people versus cat people, and it's like, you know, but it's not like a bloodbath, right? Like, there's positives and negatives to both animals, and everyone can kind of recognize that they just have their preferences, and we all get along, you know. And you can always talk about pets with whomever, as long as they're not a terrible human being, right? Uh, that you yeah. like dog or whatever, but. I really think that that pets are one of the few things that we have left in society that is still very unifying, very much a, a universal love. Like I was saying before, I think that people are natural stewards. I think people are natural caretakers. And uh, that's why we react so viscerally when people go against that. Right. Um, so I, I just I just think that pets are great. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, unfortunately, we can't be necessarily bipartisan on this or, or get a second opinion because they, oh, we wouldn't be able to align them on our show in the first place. So I don't want to give a platform to people. Back there. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing that always scares me, though, is because, you know, we have a glass top stove that, you know, it's hot. Get off the counter. Yeah. I don't know that. Well, if they burn themselves, they will learn not well, to go. There. I guess they'll yeah. learn, but I'd rather that he not burn himself. 
Um, yep. So one thing that I, that I, you know, obviously I love being a pet owner. It's, it's fantastic. Um, I've had tons of different pets throughout my life, or I guess my family has. Um, but you, an important thing to remember is that like, it, along with all this good, you have to be prepared to be a pet owner. You know, if you have, you have to, you have to train them, you have to potty train them. If you have a, do, you know, dogs in particular, you have to teach them how to be sociable and not be high, over, overly aggressive yeah. and, um, how to get along with other people. Um, you know, cats, you have to teach to get, stay off of my computer. That's never going to work. No. You do have to teach, you have to do have to litter box train them. Yes. That you is, do, you do have to. So, oh, I, side note. So there's apparently a thing. It's a litter box that you put over your, like in your toilet. And then, <laughs> so then they go there and then it has different stages where the hole in the middle gets bigger and bigger and bigger until eventually you take it out completely and your cats know how to use the toilet. Yeah. It's, I it, it, the problem is like the cat doesn't know how to flush. Well, yeah. So you'll just walk and find a floating turd in your in your toilet and you're like, ah. See, yeah, I, get that, I get that at my house anyway. I back at home, I, I like at my parents' place, I would get that anyway. And I'm not gonna say why, but I would walk up in the morning. I'd wake up in the morning, you know, groggy. Gotta go to the bathroom. Oh, there's a turd. Oh God, that's that's, no, but that's like, never any cats, and the dog couldn't get upstairs. So see, I would see that Reggie would probably be able to do that, but then Jax would want to do it too, and then Jax we wouldn't have out. any pee in the toilet. We'd have probably pee and Jax in the toilet. Yeah, because he's already. I was cleaning the toilet, and he already jumped head first into it. So we already tried that once. <laughs> that's that's impressive. Jax, Jax has a tendency to just want to. Just... You know he's he's very determined. He's like he's like a woodpecker in a petrified forest. He's keeping busy and looking for opportunities. He just runs headlong into every single wall and door he can find just to test and make sure it's not a simulation. I'm pretty sure. He's a very clever little kitty, but he's gonna get brain damage pretty soon, I think. Well, he's so, he's and, got nine he's got nine lives, so it's yeah. not a problem. And considering how much Jess throws him around all the time, because she she's he's a, he's a ankle biter like nobody's business. And he'll bite Jess's feet, and she'll just pick them up and lob them across the room. That's not true. I'm with not her, a bad pet with owner. Her feet, with her feet. Oh, goodness. No. no, what happens is I try to go to sleep, and then I'll be petting him, and he's all cute, like, snuggled up. And then as soon as I stop petting him, he, like, bites my finger, like, hey, what are you, what are you doing? Like, And he'll bite me until I start petting him again. And so then I'll just oh. take him and I'll drop him off the bed. That's what Reggie does. No, he just it's, goes, a toss. it's not a drop. You, you think it's a drop because you're asleep. I'm awake. I'm on my phone playing video games. And I just see the cackle. No, that's <laughs> true. You need a cold on it's, me. I'm not a bad it's, dead owner. It's from, it's from up here. It's from your feet. You know, like, it's just... He's off the, and Reggie wow, doesn't... Reggie, Reggie, <laughs> tries get you arrested. To, Reggie tries to arrested. Reggie tries to go to sleep. And, and Reggie's a big cat. So he's got a lot of weight behind behind his paws, even if he doesn't have claws. And he'll try to go to sleep. Jax will attack him. Reggie will sit up and then just whack Jax, and he'll fly off the bed. And then he'll just come back. He, I think he enjoys it. I honestly do. I think, like a small child, he enjoys getting thrown. Cats, yeah. A lot of cats do, which which is weird. You know, yeah, when like, like I said, same thing with small children. They like to get thrown, like, you know, like thrown in the air, you know, or in a pool or what, uh, safely, obviously. Um, you know, yeah. they, they like to be spun around like a pizza. Like it's it's a great time. Yeah, uh, spin your children like pizza responsibly. That's all I have to say about that. But yeah, children responsibly. But my 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 point that I was making earlier is that um, you know, you got to be prepared to be a pet owner. You can definitely tell when someone was not prepared to be a pet owner. Um, and you know, I always say like, okay, pit bulls, for example, always get a bad rap. But I mean, pit bulls are sweethearts. Like it, it's oh, yeah. it's one hundred percent the owner. Um, and you see you see all these stories, or at least I do all the time, where you've had a, a you know an animal was abused and or you know just ignored and then abandoned, and you know someone finds them on the street, and they're very combative, but then you know they they're able to nurture them into being a loving, well behaved animal and that's you know it's one it's it's all it's all nurture there yeah that's why i think it's important their owners in a lot of ways it's really important just to do some research before you become a pet owner like i know i was doing a lot of research i mean because i've been i was thinking about getting a cat for a year or two um ever since i started getting really bad anxiety and so i like i had been doing research and you know kind of trying to figure out what are the little things you don't think about when you're about to get an animal besides the fact that they're cute um 
And then Patrick also had allergies, so we had to kind of figure out what would be hypoallergenic and that kind of thing. So there is a lot of things to consider before you get a pet. Um, and considering, you know, what's the age of your, your kids? Are your, is this animal going to get along with your kids? Because, you know, some older cats are just used to adults. They're not used to kids if you're getting a cat. Or, um, you know, don't get a spider if your husband is deathly afraid of spiders, that kind of thing. <laughs> and, Vernon, you know, just um, researching and there are certain, like, I used to watch this show about different dogs and stuff, and it would tell all about the different breeds. And, of course, some breeds are more, like, um, pugs, because they have the smashed-in face, are more likely to have more medical problems. <laughs> Just sitting in a shoebox? Uh, that is a Huel box, but yes. Get, a, get him a proper bed. He has a bed. He doesn't use it. Fair enough. <laughs> if he fits, yeah. he sits. That's true. Anyway, but there are certain breeds that are you're yeah. going to have to you're going to have to spend more medical bills with. Um, there are sort certain breeds that are going to be better with families versus better with you know they they're very attached and so they want someone that they can really cling to. So if you're gone at work most of the day, then that's not going to be the pet for you. And so it's really important to do that research and to think about those kind of difficult things before. Yeah, getting a pet would be fun, but it also is a lot of work and it is a responsibility. You're taking care of another being, another creature. And you need to be serious when you're thinking about that. And, and you know, just to illustrate this, Reggie, uh, like I mentioned before, is the main coon. He is possibly one of the chillest cats I've ever met. He, like, would be great with little kids, you know. Uh, he's, it only took him a little under a week to get used to this guy. And now he, this guy runs all over him and everything like that. And he's a great caretaker. He's a very, very relaxed cat. <clears throat> In a lot of ways, he's very dog-like. Like, I swear, you know, he he's, has no problem with dogs either, which is surprising to me. Um, he has a problem with other cats to some degree. Uh, but with dogs, he just, like, he'll walk, like, um, Jess's, uh, Jess's um, brother and sister-in-law uh, have, a, have a big big black labradoodle or something like that. Yeah, it's a mix. Some, some mix, some mutt. Uh, and uh, he just, it, it's, a, it's a technical term. Um and uh shut up mini moose um <laughs> and uh you know he'll, he'll just walk up say hey how's it going you know sniff 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 he'll sniff uh jess's parents uh a husky mix dog that's huge and he's like hey what's going on but he sees like another cat and he's like you know <laughs> like he's like immediately like oh no it's a cat well but it's just so funny to me i want to touch on something that you that you you know kind of mentioned in passing there that, he, that reggie's like a dog i think the cats tend to get bad raps as like loners you know, like they, they don't care or whatever and that's true in a lot of cases simply because people will buy them because they want a low maintenance pet because cats yeah. are much more independent just naturally than dogs are um and then they but they treat them like a low maintenance pet they you know never really spend time with them you know they feed them they take them to the vet and they pet them whenever they see them you know is and they're walking by passing you know in passing in the hallway or whatever but that's about it and that's why the cat is distant because the cat doesn't socialize with even its own human and that's i think cats get a bad rap because milo is you know he is the neediest little bugger in the world and you know he you know He's, he's gotten to the point where he will follow me around the house meowing at me trying to get pets and like you know he was very upset when we had to go to bed last night and was trying to bang the door down um and so you know it goes it goes back to that whole that whole nurture thing like if you spend your time spend time with your aunt with your cat it's going to be more like a dog because it's going to be sociable and it's going to want to spend time with you well when i say like a dog i, I mean like I'm pretty sure he's got the, like the spirit of a dog in him because he loves to play flat fat. She's just, he is very like, like you're saying, tail. he wags his tail. It's so weird. You know, I'll be petting him and his tail will just go back and forth. Like I was taking him for walks and his tail will just go back and forth and he's just super happy. It's, it, I've never seen a cat do that before. I like, I've seen cats that'll stick their tail up. He does that too, but he also just wags it. And it's just so funny because he's got his big old feather duster tail. Uh, yeah. But this little guy this little guy has imprinted on Reggie so hard. So we actually dropped off Reggie at the at the vet, and then we were, were leaving town. Um, so we were taking him, and then we we're going to go pick up Reggie. He was wandering around the car. Like, like he's usually super chill, the Jaxes, with car rides. But this guy was just wandering around the car, meow, 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 you know, like having this whole conniption. 
We get Reggie, put him in there. He walks up to Reggie, sniff, 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 and then he sits with him. Like, clearly he was missing Reggie. He was like, I need my big brother. I need to go sit with him. He sat with him for about an hour, hour and a half, and he was, then he was happy. Then he was just, you know, out for the rest of the day. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, you know, he just re- this guy cannot be separated from Reggie for more than a few hours, unless he's asleep. <laughs> he just loves him. And going back to kind of rescues and adoption, um, like, like Patrick said, both of our cats are rescues, and we think that we're very lucky. They're both very well-behaved overall. Um, obviously, they still have their little quirks, but they're all really good. Um, and I know that a lot of people can get scared of adoption and a rescue because there is kind of that stereotype that they're, you don't exactly know what personality the animal's going to have, and they do have kind of that trauma behind them that can cause them to lash out and that kind of thing. But as James has been saying, um, Yes, they do come in with that stuff and it can take some extra work, but it is really about how the owner interacts with the animal. And you can train them to, um, you know, get out of that behavior and to, you can train them to say, hey, I'm not a threat to you. I I want to love you. I want to care for you. We're here doing this together and you can make it work that way. So, like, I highly recommend adopting and rescuing in all cases. One, because you know that they're not a breeder who's abusing, you know, these animals just to breed lots of... All breeders will abuse their animals, just as an FYI. Yeah, no, not all of them, but, I mean, there are some... Yeah, there's some factory farms of... There's some people that are in it just for the money. Well, and and uh, that was going to be one of my questions, too, because I know a lot of people who specifically go, like, so their options are, let's say they want a German Shepherd, they can go down to the shelter and get a two-year-old German Shepherd for 50 bucks or whatever it is, or, but they'd rather go to a breeder and spend three to four thousand dollars to get this you know purebred you know you've got yeah. lineage papers and everything i've i've never got that uh, i don't know if you know more yeah, about I, that than i do i i i know about that and like that culture to me it just seems excessive because i i never have looked at a. I, I there are certain breeds okay there are certain breeds of cats specifically and dogs that i would prefer to have for certain physical traits. So, for example, I love fluffy animals, so I'd go for a husky or a Maine Coon, like Reggie. And we're, I, but I also would like to get it an hyperallergenic animal. So I was going for a Russian Blue when we saw Reggie. We thought he was a Russian Blue. That is how. For those of you who understand cats, <laughs> that is how tiny Reggie was. He looked like a Russian Blue. They are a very small, short hair cat. Or well, medium size, I guess. Small, medium size. Maine Coons are the third largest long hair cat in the world. <laughs> like they are very, very different. They're Nordic hunting uh, cats. Yes, they are. They, and, and uh, Reggie, if this annoys the crap out of Jess, but this is totally natural. He has fur in between his paws that mm-hmm. will get caught with, you know, litter and he'll track it all over the apartment. But that's to help him with hunting in the North, you know, like get uh, padded paws in the, in the, uh, in the cold. Right. So he's got like these certain traits. I think they're adorable. I think his little, you know, mutton chops are super cute. I think his mane is really cute. He's super fluffy, big, big fluffy animal. Um, but I'm not necessarily like I would prefer that, but that's not going to be a deal breaker. My first preference has always been adoption, 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 adoption. If I can adopt a cat, I mean, you're going to get them potty trained. Most times they're all going to be potty trained. They're going to be socialized for, for the most part, you know, uh, to some extent. Right, a lot of work that you would have to do with a kitten or a puppy has already been done. You can just enjoy the work of somebody else for the most part, who can, for whatever reason, take care of the animal, and then now you can take care of it. Jax, we have to still socialize him. We got him potty trained, but we're still working on like, hey, don't bite people randomly. Hey, don't use your claws all the time. He's gotten be- way better with his claws. Like he, he, most of the time, will just bat, and I think that's because Reggie doesn't use his claws. So to Jax, he's like, oh, yeah, never you don't use your claws because you don't need them unless you're like, grabbing something. Um, so he usually doesn't do that, which is really good. And I, I like I said, I attribute that to Reggie, I think. But we're still working on uh, teaching him what's appropriate to bite. <laughs> for the most Yeah, most. well, I think some of that is just like the traits. A lot of times, I mean, in all honesty, when people go to pick an animal, they're going to pick it based on whether it's cute or not, what it looks like. They're not really thinking about personality. Oh, hello, kitty cats. Oh my god, there's, there's two. Boomer is not pleased because Milo tried to get into the box with him. <laughs> um, But yeah, a lot of people are just picking them on based on that look. 
And so they think that if they to get that look, they have to have that purebred. And also, in reality, there are um, less health problems usually with purebreds just because they don't have those conflicting genes in them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is that to a, to a degree. Uh, unless it's a uh, pug or whatever, the smash face one. Yeah, but uh, in or, all honesty, yeah. a lot of the time, it's just that they want... One, it's like a prestigious thing to have the... Like, oh, I have a purebred... And if you do want to breed animals, then yes, purebreds, well, one, you can sell them for more. And two, that it's, you know, people do look for purebreds, so it's good to breed with purebreds. But other than that, it's, I'm not fully, I don't want to fully understand that either, or spending that much money on an animal when you could rescue an animal. Um, Um, Minnie Moose does bring up a good point here. She says, the last two dogs that I got were uh, purebred German Shepherd and a purebred Yellow Lab. And we actually got them from breeders that lived out on a farm because they were going to be outside dogs. And uh, rescues will not allow you to d- adopt a dog if they're not going to be indoor dogs. Oh. I mean, and, and all of our experience has been with indoor animals. I'm a big proponent of indoor pets. I've lived in suburb- suburbs all my life for the most part. So, like, it, having an outdoor pet's not necessarily, like, viable. But I still think having that closer connection on a, on a daily basis and you know, like animal can come sleep in your bed with you and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm, I do enjoy that a lot. And I think that pets do belong indoors. I know that there's a healthy amount of debate on whether or not that's true, but I think that they're, they are a part of your family, maybe not to the same extent as the human beings in your family, but they are definitely an extension of your family. Well, and they, they're they can be part of your family, but at the end of the day, or, you know, animals, the reason we domesticated them was not just for the social aspect, but also because they served a purpose. You know, we we fed them, we protected yeah. them, and they did the same. Well, they didn't feed us, but they protected us. They would help us hunt. They would take care of pests. You know, and it's the same thing with like other other pets that we have, like snakes and stuff like that. Is that they take care of pests, mm-hmm. mostly mice. I don't know why people would ever adopt like like domesticate a mouse for other anything other than just to have a little furry friend because they just that's not useful. Well, South America domesticated guinea pigs because they were like nothing there's nothing else that mess yeah. other than and, guinea pigs and, and llamas that's why south america fell so choose a llama over guinea well i mean also you i mean as a, as a fun historical fact you can actually trace the civilizations that did better in ancient history mm-hmm. to uh domesticated animals yeah like if you had domesticated animals you typically would do better so like cows pigs chickens uh horses were huge horses were um, like the nukes of today if you had horses, you would just blow over anyone who didn't have one of horses. It was just a big, big change in necessarily military output and economic output. Yeah. I do want to say, too, that I think there's sometimes a stereotype about this. But, like, getting an animal for a purpose. So, like, my parents live on a farm. Um, and we don't actually farm animals. But my when my mom was younger, she had animals. And they had, you know, horses that they would use as workhorses. And they'd ride them around um, to, like... It was just faster to get to the other side of the farm to fix fences and that kind of thing. Or some people get dogs to, you know, round up sheep and stuff. And that is kind of playing to the animal's natural instincts. And so that's not a bad thing to get an animal for a specific purpose or to train them to work. Because as long as you're also balancing that with the care and love, um, that they, they probably actually enjoy that. I know we had some border collies that are naturally like shepherding dogs and they would just we used to have elk on our farm and they would just love to go and round them up and run them run with them and play with them and that kind of thing and so it is kind of a natural instinct i'm not saying that animals don't belong outside my point is that that there's nothing that is you shouldn't say that animals don't belong indoors because i know that that argument has been made a couple of times uh, by a few people that animals, oh, you don't, don't bring an animal indoor. Don't bring like they're just they're not meant to be indoors. They're outdoors. They're smelly. Blah blah blah. blah. Well, that, that sounds like a PETA argument, and so it's instantly invalid. Well, PETA sucks. So PETA does, does suck. that mean that I can get an elephant, an indoor elephant? No, you're not getting an elephant. Period. Because <laughs> the cost of the maintenance, even if you said I got one for free, the maintenance cost of an elephant is insane. In India, actually, so this is uh, oh where uh, you started something, Jess. Where white elephant comes from is the the like emperor or something like that of India would give someone he really hates a white elephant. So they're prone to sunburn, right? You have to feed them. An elephant eats a ton of stuff and also Literally drinks a ton puns, of water. Yeah. <laughs> and you would have to 
air conditioning the elephant effectively. You have to make a pen for it. It's, it's the, the amount of money that you would have sink in for this white elephant is ridiculous. And because you can't let it die or release it because it would be considered heresy because of how elephants are revered in Indian culture. And, you know, you'd be ostracized from society. So you'd essentially bankrupt yourself trying to take care of this elephant uh, because the emperor hates you. Okay, fine. A hedgehog then. We're not getting a hedgehog either. Uh, we have two cats. That's enough. Get a anyway, up, James, James, I think we've I think we've uh, uh, discussed enough. We've shown that there's more than one way to skin a cat. Let's let's end this uh, conversation. Oh wow! <laughs> all right. Well, all right. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, one more quick look because Boomer has allowed Milo into the box with him. Aww. I'll bring you over to my little my little buddy. He's asleep. Oh. Hi, I love the way they sleep all curled up and stuff. I know. They're super cute. Side note, before we before we sign off, though, I really like seeing um, cats raised by dogs that act like, just straight up act like dogs, and especially dogs raised like cat, uh, raised by cats, because instead of sitting normally, they'll loaf and, yeah, uh, and, so and stuff. It's hilarious. That's what my dog, that's what my parents' dog, Peanut, does, because uh, she, she was raised by two cats, so. <laughs> yeah, but. she gets up on the back of the couch, like, I can definitely do this. <laughs> Anyway, James, let's go. Let's yep. sign us out. Yep. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, we will be back Friday night at 7 p.m. Central Time. Um, so tune into Twitch and YouTube for that. We've got a ton of shows coming out this week. Uh, Patrick, you want to run us down our list of shows this week? Sure, yeah. So uh, tomorrow we've got episode 7 of Draft Mode. It's a treat for you guys. We actually come back. We know how to play the game again. So it should be really fun. Then following that on Wednesday, we have Lightning Overdrive coming out. A uh, pack opening between me and my wife. Um, I have not slotted in the in production for when our Magic of the Gathering opening will be, but I believe that's going to be Saturday. On Thursday, we have another Pat's Play, uh, which is episode five of uh, Pokemon Emerald. And then Friday, we have Maocast, obviously. And Sunday is nothing. Well, that's not entirely true. Sunday is July 4th. You know what that means. Yeah. Sunday is July 4th. That means no content is coming out on Sunday. Not true. <laughs> Uh, we have our um, the very first episode of our Amendment mini series coming oh, out. out. It's actually been banned from YouTube. Oh, good. <laughs> YouTube has banned the U.S. Constitution. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I will have more details about uh, that on Friday for you guys. So tune in then. And uh, if you like this, like and subscribe. And uh, we'll see you in the next one.